I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, 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 and welcome, ladybirds and gentle lemurs, to the Human Nature Podcast. Here we explore the ups and downs of being Homo sapiens and learn a thing or two on how to be a better animal. My name is Elliot Connor, and I'm at least half elephant. But the star of the show today is none other than Jonesy, an American stand up comedian, actor, musician, and host of the Weird AF News Podcast. Welcome, Jonesy. Elliot, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show. I don't have very many animal jokes, but I'll try and be as funny as I can uh, in the animal kingdom today with you. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Well, I can't claim to be much of a comedy critic, but I've got to ask. I mean, it's a question that must haunt you and your line of work, but what's your favorite joke? My favorite joke that I tell is a is a very personal joke about uh, a condition that I have. Uh, I have a nut allergy, and okay. uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It seems to be just an American thing, but um, yes, a lot of us suffer from this nut allergy. So I do a very long eight minute, nine minute joke about my nut allergy and all the ways that it it. It makes me angry. It's a big, long grievance that I have, and I, I let everybody know. And, and it seems to work well. It's a clean joke, and people appreciate that. And a lot of people have uh, allergies of some sort, so they can, uh, or, or they even know somebody who has a nut allergy. So many people relate to this joke as well. Um, I wish I didn't have to tell such a joke. I wish I could enjoy nuts along with the rest of uh, most of humanity. You know, after all, I. And I always wondered this. I could actually relate this to the animal kingdom. Uh, you know, so if if what scientists, evolutionary biologists are saying, we, Elliot, you and I descend from an animal that lived on a diet of nuts and seeds and fruits. Yes. Yet for some, for, for some reason, when I put a nut in this organism inside here, my body's like, I don't know what to do with this. Get it out of here. I'm, I'm rejecting this completely, even though for thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of years, my ancestors ate all nuts. I, it, it baffles me, Elliot. I don't have an explanation. I would love to figure this out, you know, so I could enjoy a Snickers, you know. <laughs> very good, very good. And I'm, I'm sure I'd love to ask for the full rendition, but I'm, <laughs> I don't think we quite have time on this show. So I leave it up to the imagination. Well, naturally, I didn't want to be outperformed, so I've come up with what is quite possibly the only joke I've ever written. It goes, what do you call a purple armadillo? A bad paint job. <laughs> okay, perhaps that needs some work. 
But being a podcast, the advantage is I can add in a raucous applause right now. I mean, that's a luxury you probably don't get on stage, Jonesy. Dare I say, you've had a pretty interesting life, uh, taking on your, uh, obviously, your line of work. And uh, by all the appearances, your career is very much on the rise. So tell me, how did you get to where you are today? And what are the plans for the next five, ten years? Well, I, I very rarely get asked this question, what my long-term <laughs> plans are. So thank you for that. Uh, how did I get where, where I am with the, the stand-up comedy? Uh, specifically, I can say, um, is a lot of failing on stage, which it's a painful process, as you can imagine, to be rejected um, by, by a room full of uh, strangers, uh, sometimes hundreds. Um, and it's a different kind of rejection. Uh, they're not just rejecting... Uh, if I, I get the feeling when I'm being rejected by a crowd because I'm the art comes from me. It's my expression. Usually it's my opinion and my ideas or a story about me. Yeah, I, I really take it. It's hard not to take that personally. It seems as though they're rejecting me personally, uh, you know, and, and that's not something that I think you, you experience in other arts. If someone says they don't they don't appreciate your music, it could be that they just don't like that genre of music, whatever it might be. Like my my mother doesn't enjoy uh, hip hop, so uh, if she said you know, but I think a hip hop artist wouldn't take that personally, but a comedian will take it usually personally. We have to train ourselves not to. It's difficult. So there's a lot of embarrassment, uh, self questioning. Um, uh, you, you know, on on the way up, um, as you as you continuously figure out how to be funny on stage and bomb again and bomb again, it, it will happen. It happens to all of us. And but you have to push through those, you know. And and yeah, yeah. Eventually, you hit uh, seven, eight years into it where you don't really mind bombing so much, but it does take a long time, a lot of humiliation, um, a lot of acid reflux, and uh, alcoholism uh, is along the way sometimes uh, for us and uh, so that's that's how the that's how I, I got here is uh, a lot of failing trying and failing but never giving up enjoying the ride you know it's not an easy art but um, I, I do like a challenge and I like a thrill so I've kept with yeah. it awesome. um, where do I see myself in five to ten years well I think well I have a I have a successful podcast sort of um, it's on the rise it's called weird AF news and uh, during this pandemic, I'm spending a lot of time, uh, like you, on, on the podcast. I'm doing more episodes and I'm learning how to market it and teaching myself how to build a website. Just the little things to take my podcast to a whole new level. I hope within five to ten years from now, I can actually live off my podcast. I would love that. Wow. And in in yeah. addition, um, I, I hope stand-up comedy comes back sometime. Um, I'm hoping in, in 2021 to be on stage again as well. And so five to ten years from now, doing stand-up comedy uh, as much as I was, which was a few nights a week, would be desirable as, as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, that sounds like a wonderful uh, path you've got ahead of you. And uh, on behalf of our entire audience, I think we're all on your side uh, we really do hope you make it. Uh, but one thing I can't quite get past uh, is this uh, wonderful podcast of yours. You mentioned it, the Weird AF News. Uh, I was having a listen to it just uh, recently. And you do manage to dig up the most fantastically bizarre stories out there, uh, which, for better or for worse, uh, may very soon become my daily news fixture. Is 
Is there a favourite tale you've come across uh, during these COVID times that uh, perhaps our faithful listeners might have missed on their more conventional channels? Uh, well, there was a, a real fascinating story related to the coronavirus coming out of Indonesia. Um, they were having a hard time getting people to stay indoors. Uh, you know, they told everybody, please stay home. And um, I don't know um, if you've had this situation in your country, but in the United States, no one likes to be told to stay home. Um, so everybody seems to want to go to the bowling alley and go get their nails done and they're upset about being told to stay home. In Indonesia, the government decided to uh, have a little fun with this and um, they, hired, they hired people to dress up as ghosts and, uh, when, wow. and to jump out of bushes and scare people that were walking around at night. So they, they, were, they were called like the COVID ghosts or, or whatever. They were there. They were part security, uh, part ghost <laughs> dressed up in a costume, just scaring the, scaring the locals um, in, in one particular city, scaring the locals and, and hoping to put some social pressure on them to get back indoors. Um, putting social pressure on them pretty politely. You know, they weren't giving them a ticket or anything, which is what some places do. Um, they were having some fun with the idea. But the point being, you shouldn't be outside right now. Please go home. Um, I thought that was a very fun, funny, weird story that was related to the coronavirus. Yeah, awesome. Now, I wish I was there, certainly. Right? <laughs> I, I would, exciting. Yeah. I, wanted to be, I would love to be hired as one of those ghosts. I mean, that would be a fun way to spend my night, just scare, getting paid to scare people. That's great. I just love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Why wait for Halloween? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes, well, there you have it. That certainly counts in my books. Uh, favorite tidbit I've come across in recent news. Uh, you might have heard, but there was a string quartet that played uh, Puccini in the Barcelona Opera House. I think it was for about 2,300 potted plants. <laughs> Some would say that's branching out. <laughs> yeah, anyway. story. Good story. Yeah. I love that. I saw that. <laughs> no, definitely. It's really, really interesting idea of theirs. Of course, live streaming it to everyone across the globe, but mm -hmm. an audience of many, many plants, uh, which might be a uh, good alternative perhaps during these COVID times uh, you can say. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd like to tell jokes to plants though. They don't laugh very loudly. So that <laughs> not for me. You'd rather leave them alone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> leave them alone. That's a good one. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I mean our listeners by now are very much aware of the format this podcast takes on. So they'll know what's coming. But Jonesy uh, what animal have you chosen for us to talk about today? Is there one creature that beats them all? I think there's one that's very weird that I'm very that I'm very into. After seeing it on a nature documentary, it's uh, the uh, there. It's a category of bird, birds of paradise. Um, wow, what a strange, beautiful thing! Great, great, it's a fine choice. If I do say so myself, I mean, thank you. I'm in podcast paradise already. I've been itching to talk about these birds from episode one, right from the get go. Uh, so, what drew you to the birds of paradise as your critter of choice? Well, in addition to them having just a sort of unique look uh, on their own, uh, there's about 42 different species of these birds of paradise uh, on one particular in one location. Um, New Guinea. And in addition to the way they look, they 
a very, very bizarre mating ritual, uh, which involves like a lot of what, what I see as sort of human like behavior, which was really, I thought was really bizarre. Uh, it's very common for these birds if they're in the courting phase to get on the ground and completely clean the ground around where they're going to be wooing their female uh, as though, you know, it, it kind of like a human would clean, like a man would clean his apartment. Uh, if a, yeah. if a la if a lady was coming over, uh, just very human like behavior. I thought that was, and, and the, the, this one particular bird was very diligent with cleaning the area. I mean, not just removing sticks and twigs, but actually boring into the ground and ripping out roots that were unsightly, you know, um, that, you know, maybe you saw the top of a root, the bird would just pull out the whole damn root to make it, wow. to, to make it smooth, the area very smooth. And this whole area was created for this bird to do a performance for the for the for the female uh the the target uh it's a dance that they do and this this mating dance is just very sophisticated and choreographed and they all have a different one um and it involves completely changing their shape they don't even look like a bird anymore when they're doing these moves um you know they really don't they this one bird i saw just turned into what looked like a top like a, a spinning top uh, they they have uh these sophisticated dances that involve bouncing and twisting and and uh you know moving the next side to side bobbing and weaving and twitching and um hopping all around i mean this it is just you can't believe the work that went into this stuff and uh i mean it's so fascinating and they also incorporate their colors that they have their, their the any color they have on their body they incorporate it into the dance um like almost like they flash colors like a strobe light at, at the female and and this one bird this one bird uh actually changes the eye color uh during the dance the the bird's eyes are uh, normally uh, blue green but when they're when this bird when the male is wooing the female it uh will it'll change its eye to yellow one of its eyes will flash yellow at the lady in the in the middle of the dance at various intervals like a uh, and, and, and it seems very well timed and choreographed. Like, and, and I, I just can't even, I couldn't even wrap my head around that this bird could change its eye color. Like, how? Yeah. I just, it just blew me away. Uh, the sophistication behind all of this, the evolution behind all of this, you know, I mean, you go way back and you imagine, wow, you know, a million years ago when this bird was evolving, only the birds that could change their eye color would procreate. How did this happen? What, what, what sort of, uh, what sort of mutation when you, you change your eye color only in the middle of trying to get a date? Like I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even wrap my head around how this happened evolutionarily. And, uh, it, there's just so much wrapped up in this mating thing that, I mean, these guys, these males, they really want to get laid and they just go to great lengths, uh, more lengths than I've ever gone to. And I've gone to m many lengths, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've changed my hair. I've, you know, I go to the gym, ah, ah, pumping iron, you know, I, I, and I try to smell good and I clean my place. And yet, I mean, that's not a, a tenth of what this bird is doing to get laid. It, it, it is so weird and fascinating what an amazing creature man and and there's not a lot of them and they're only in this one place 
and I'd love to visit. I'd love to see it. You've heard of them before. You 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 seem yes. to be really into them as well. I'm glad we get to cover them on, on one of your episodes. They're great. They're absolutely great. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, that's definitely on the bucket list. It would be truly, truly remarkable to uh, see one of those mating displays. Uh, I mean, you've effectively summed up the whole podcast for us. I don't think we need to do anything else. Uh, you certainly know a lot about these birds of paradise and mighty fine <laughs> birds they are. There's that element of it all which you can't qu quite help but feel sorry, I guess, for the males going to such ridiculous extremes uh, to draw the attention of their mates. I imagine in the bird world, they'd be like the ridiculous Hollywood depictions uh, we get of fashion in, say, two centuries' time, uh, very garish, very preposterous. <laughs> As a bird, it's not often you're looked down upon, but they must draw some very funny looks. I was wondering, Jonesy, is there an element of that performance pressure which uh, perhaps makes you resonate with these birds? What's the toughest performance you've given in your stand-up career? Oh, well, uh, I, I do resonate with this. There is a pressure to perform, uh, especially, uh, you know, if you're at a comedy club or a place where people have paid for admission, you know, they expect a certain yeah. level of, they expect a certain level of professionalism and delivery. Uh, yeah. So there is a pressure for that. Sure. Um, uh, and I've had some, I've had some challenges, of course, of course. I would say, I, I can think of a very recent example that you might find, that your listeners might find pretty fascinating. Last year, uh, out here in Los Angeles, I had the privilege of doing a show during the day at the Institute, uh, the Braille Institute. Now, this is a, wow. this is a, a, a place that you can imagine everybody is, uh, blind. Yeah. To some, to some level. And, they they do a comedy show once a month, okay. uh, run by this wonderful comedian. Her name is Cat something. Cat. It's appropriate because her name is of an animal. I figure I'd include it. Yeah, Cat runs the show over there. Lo lovely girl doing great things. No, no one gets paid. We just donate our time. The comedians um, at the Braille Institute and doing shows for the blind. I was very. I had never done a show like that. Um, I had never done a show where you could, the audience couldn't see me. Um, yeah. I'm very expressive when I speak. And I, I thought that, oh, this could take an element away from, from my performance. Will I, will I still be able to do what I normally do? Um, I, I actually found them to have a great sense of humor. I, I, I made fun of them a little bit. You know, I think I, I remember opening my opening line was, um, I said something about, uh, well, I was very nervous to accept this show and to come here and do the show because, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, most of my material is about driving. So, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it's so, it's so I went, you know, I started from there and they, so I picked on them a little bit and they, they had a great sense of humor about it. They, they roll with the punches. You can make fun of them for being blind and they're just very comfortable with it. Obviously they live with it. Uh, they were good sports and they really, really appreciated the show. Uh, it, a lot of them came out and they just loved it. It, it was a great, it was a good feeling that I had um, to accept that challenge and to be successful and, and to deliver uh, to a, to a group that, that could, that could use a laugh. I'd imagine, you know? Yeah. No, amazing, amazing. It sounds like there's lots of ups and downs in the work you do, uh, but having opportunities like that is uh, life-changing, if you will. 
I think what I find equally fascinating about Birds of Paradise, uh, besides you mentioned their plumage, their dance, uh, but also their history. So I feel we've got to delve into that part of their story as well, as whilst we have the time. Uh, they were first introduced to the Western world in uh, the 16th century uh, by a Spanish ship called the Victoria, uh, returning from the Molucca Islands. Uh, the Sultan there had actually offered up some of the skins to the King of Spain as a gift, uh, no doubt hoping to escape the merciless hand of empire building uh, from European powers such as this. As you say, there's about 40 species of them all up, 42, I think you're right on saying that. Uh, but granted, uh, all with this same very magnanimous title on account of their rich plumage. Actually, I didn't know before writing this uh, that the original Greek, uh, paradisos, uh, from which we get the word paradise, of course, the birds of paradise, uh, originally meant just a park or a garden. So the birds of paradise are perhaps better known by the rather demeaning title of garden birds. Anyway, Jonesy, I thought I'd put you on the spot here because as we all know, biologists are pretty crap at naming animals. If you're going to call a dolphin a false killer whale, then you might as well call me not Smith. <laughs> what would you call the birds of paradise if you had the chance to name them again? Would it be more pretentious titles or something rather more down to earth? Ah, uh, that's a good question, Elliot. Uh, I think I would name them something fun uh, yeah. and sh and shorter than Birds yes. of Paradise. It's a long, um, and I, I, you know, I would call I would call them jiggy birds because wow, the way they dance, you know, they really get they get jiggy with it like mm. like no other bird I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, jiggy birds. It's very easy to remember. I think kids would enjoy that that name as well. It's a good. It's a good. <laughs> I think it's a good name. Yes, jiggy birds. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's not bad, not bad at all. If thank only, you, thank you. only you've been around then to name them. Spoken Spanish, lived in the 16th century. Navy captain, you could have done it. You could have been there. Oh, the yes. world would have been so much better off. <laughs> anyway, anyway, fascinatingly futile as this conversation is, all good things must come to an end, and we must make way for the human nature quiz round in the latter part of this show. Jonesy, it has been a most entertaining conversation today, as much of an honour for me as I imagine it was for you having the Australian Ahaha Wasp named in your honour. <laughs> Laughable comedy aside, we'll both be back after the break for 10 choice trivia questions on our feathered friends, the Birds of Paradise. Thank you. Welcome back once more to the Human Nature Podcast. Here on the show today, uh, we have Jonesy, an American comedian, writer, actor, podcaster, musiker, and stand-upper, or something like that. But as this is the Human Nature Quiz Rant, he'll be facing up against a team of two randomly selected audience members for the chance to prove his wits are no laughing matter. Are we feeling confident, Jonesy? No, no, not at all. These aren't <laughs> random. These aren't random listeners. These are scientists of some sort. Uh, I don't have a shot at this, Elliot. Oh, you set me up, man. You set me up. <laughs> Come on.
on, have a good spring. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, we'll soon find out. We'll soon find out if you or your contestants will play the fool. So without further ado, facing up against Jonesy, we have Daniela, who's an Ecuadorian herpetologist living in Brazil. And we have Vania, who's uh, calling in from Mexico and is an agroecologist, a uh, citizen scientist, and much else besides. Welcome both. Are you feeling confident? You get it. Both people have ologists at the end of their title. What? I mean, <laughs> unbelievable, man. How am I? You got to warn me about this, Elliot. <laughs> Well, we have quite some com- opposition, I can tell. I can feel it's going to be a close fought contest already. If not, then I'll have to edit this part out, in which case I'll be right either way. Well, on to the game. So simple, very simple how it all works. I'll read a question. Either contestant can, at any point, make their buzzer sound. The fastest to the mark gets to answer first. But if they get it wrong, then their opponent will have the chance to steal at the point for a correct answer. So for question one, we'll have Jonesy versus Daniela. And your question is, which of the following paradise animals is made up? Your options are the paradise crow, the Texas bird of paradise, the standard wing bird of paradise, or the extravagant bird of paradise. Uh, my guess, Elliot, is the Texas bird of paradise. Oh. It's not right, unfortunately. It's a very, very good answer, but that was a trick question because the Texas bird of paradise does exist. It's not a bird of paradise. Uh, it's a flycatcher, oh, which has this same name. So, Daniela, would you like to answer? Yeah, I think the first, the first choice. I'm going to be with the first one. You think it's the Paradise Crow? It's not, unfortunately. It was the very innocuously named extravagant bird of paradise, which of course they all are. But there is no such thing. Uh, as you may know, many of the birds of paradise uh, bear oh, very pretentious titles. Oh. The extravagant bird of paradise is not one of them. So at the end of round one, we have nil points to both teams. It's not a strong start, I must say. (laughs) Well, for question two, we'll have Jonesy versus Vanya. And your question is, where else, aside from New Guinea and Australia, might you find wild birds of paradise? You might choose North or South America, Europe or Africa. Jonesy, did you want to answer? Yeah, the answer is Europe. <laughs> it's not Europe, unfortunately. Vania, would you like to have a go? Come on, it's Europe! <laughs> I'm going to try, but I have to say I'm super nervous as well because as a biologist, I think I can terribly fail. Like when someone asks you, what plant is this? What's the name of this plant? And you have no idea because there's a thousand of them in the world. But I'm gonna go um, really nervously representing my region. I'm gonna... Well, I'm sorry to leave it on that cliffhanger, but we're having some technical difficulties. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Jonesy, would you like to give it a go? Oh, mama, I would. 
<laughs> what are you going to say? I guess. I better guess the legs. The answer is the legs. The legs is the correct answer. Very well done. You're <laughs> the Paradise King right here. You are doing very well, <laughs> remarkably well on this quiz. So we have Jonesy on two points, leading for the first time. And we have Daniela and Vanya on one point. Well, we have three more questions to go. Anyone could still Not win leading. this. <laughs> wait, wait, but why, why did they, they thought the legs were missing? Uh, because when they sent over the skins, when they were uh, stuffed and transported, uh, they cut off the legs for convenience, for ease of transit. <laughs> so uh, they presumed so they were that just these were legless birds. birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the presumption was they were constantly flying. They never landed, uh, hence had no need for legs. <laughs> But interesting thinking that of the past. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, on to question eight. And question eight will have Vanya versus Jonesy. Your question is Papua New Guinea is a mountainous country, and so some birds of paradise are found at considerable altitudes. At what fraction of the height of Mount Everest have these birds been found? You can choose an eighth of the way up, a one quarter of the height, a half the stretch, or three quarters as far. Choice. What were the choices again? <laughs> well, we'll give Vanya a chance to answer. Vanya, what are you going to say? I'm going to say... Uh, I don't know. I'm eight. So, a thousand meters, maybe? Yeah. A thousand meters is about an eighth the way up. Unfortunately, that's not the correct answer. So, Jonesy, your options again are an eighth of the height of Everest, one quarter the height, a half the height, or three quarters. What are you going to say? Oh, mama! Say uh, half of the height. Half of the height is not the correct answer either, oh, unfortunately. Gosh. It's about a quarter of the way up. Uh, so the way? a few uh, thousand meters, yes. Uh, they make it that far. First don't know how to get high. <laughs> but oh, they do more, make right? it one more? to one a few more. thousand meters, so about a quarter of the way up. <laughs> and we have still Jonesy on two, still Dania, Vanya, uh, Vanya. Vanya and Daniela on one point. Moving into question nine, you can tell we're nearing the end. The flag of Papua New Guinea. the score. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, that's true. <laughs> anyway, you've got two more questions, so you can still gain a few more points. They're there for the taking. So Daniela and Jonesy, the flag of Papua New Guinea displays the Count Ragiana bird of paradise. Its namesake, Count Ragiana, held power in which country? Once again, your choices are Spain, Italy, Papua New Guinea, or Portugal. Oh, that was fast. Jonesy, what are you going to say? Uh, I'm gonna, my guess is uh, Spain, Elliot. My guess is Spain. <laughs> Spain, unfortunately, is not correct. <laughs> It's a very sure? good guess. It's a very good guess. As we stated earlier in the show, uh, they 
were the first to come across the birds of paradise, as the Spanish introduced them to the Western world. But Count Fragiano was not Spanish. So, Daniela, would you like to have a go? Uh, I will say Port Portugal was one of the answers. Portugal was one of the answers, yeah. but it's not the correct answer, unfortunately. <laughs> Jonesy, you're going to have another try, and it was Italy, yes, but I can't give you the point for that, unfortunately. I should have listened to the, the, the name or the Recchiano, that sounds Italian. Yes. I was thinking because the Spanish found the damn bird that it was, uh, see? Yeah. Yes. In other words, I'm not yes. completely, I'm not completely stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I can piece together clues. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you're still winning, so that's it. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I'm still winning. We need to change now. Let me, uh, let me pat myself <laughs> on, the, on the back right now. <laughs> go, go, Vanya. Well, Vanya and Daniela, you have one more question. You can break even, uh, but I think yeah. in the circumstances, we'll make it next question wins. Next question takes all. Oh, what the, what oh. This, this, <laughs> I'm not a math major, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you one and a half that's points for it. I think that's fair. Oh man, that's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Okay, okay. Jonesy and Vania, your question is, the bird of paradise is the symbol for which of Papua New Guinea's sporting teams? You can choose rugby, basketball, tennis, or football. Oh, that was very close. But I think I'll have to give it to Jonesy in this instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh, uh, you said football, right? I did say football. And okay, it is soccer. right. Yes. Well done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all of the answers and to that you question were, were correct, apart from tennis, yeah, which isn't a win sport. Did I, I, did I, I, won, a, did I win? I won a bird you of paradise. Won. Very well done. Are you going to mail it to me? Do you? How do you get me a bird? FedEx? How are you going to mail me a bird of paradise? Is that what I want? Don't start a tiger scenario here. Yes, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Unfortunately, as we've learned, you have to move to South America if you want to get one. So I there know. I got, we. I know a guy. I know a guy. I got. I know a guy that gets birds. Okay, that's all you got to know is I know a yep, guy. Yeah, there you go. Right? I got a guy. <laughs> I'm sure you can manage it. You can get that one which changes its eye color. You were talking about earlier. I think that would be very cool. Let's <laughs> order it on Amazon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that concludes our show for today. So congratulations once more to Jonesy for a very fine win. Yes, another pat on the back. I think I will be back next week, of course, for episode four of the Human Nature Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Until then, stay safe and do try and be a better animal. Thank you all and goodbye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 